If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheiks are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheiks bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. I love the poorly educated. Believe me. I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. Believe me. With me, it just works. You know, it's magic. Believe me. Good evening and welcome to the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And well, Leah... As I've warned and predicted for quite some time this week, my fears finally came to fruition. Of course, I'm talking about the integrity of the Alabama-Auburn Iron Bowl football game now being in jeopardy because Alabama can lose and have no fear of it damaging its national title hopes in the slightest. So how do you feel about that down in Alabama, Leah? Oh, please, Alabama can lose. <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> well, not that it's going to happen, but they... They could, Thank and it won't, you. And it won't it's matter. It's not happening. Okay. Please, dear God. Please, dear God. <laughs> so so uh, we'll talk about the implications of that for the first hour. and the second hour, we'll discuss the latest developments with my daughter, Grace, and her preschool. <laughs> and then in hour number three, an update, uh, which I haven't gotten to recently on the so-called Penn State scandal. And I don't know if there's going to be time for anything else tonight. So that'll be the agenda <laughs> for the three hours. Is there something else you would prefer to discuss, Leah? Yeah, I'd like to discuss what happened on Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Oh, yes. There was a presidential election. Who knew? Amazing. Yes. Um, and for the record, for those who uh, may never have heard of us before, well, I'm sure many people have not heard of us, but uh, who will be tuning in for the first time. Uh, for the last uh, year plus, I have been predicting that Donald Trump would not beat Hillary Clinton in the presidential election. In fact, I gave it as low as a 5% chance of happening. That's, I think, what I said last Sunday, as a matter of fact. Leah Brandon, however, <laughs> went through state by state. Both of us did last Sunday. And you predicted that Donald Trump would, in fact, win. And for right. the first time uh, in not just my adult life, in my entire life, going back to 1980, which was really the first time I got into uh, politics at the age of uh, 12 or 13, uh, I was dead wrong. You were 100% right. And so congratulations. How do you feel? 
I'm relieved. Okay. I'm I'm beyond relieved. This was the only answer to save America. It's what I've been saying forever. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I don't know why you're relieved. I, I would think that you would be pumped. I mean, I, I am just beside myself in joy because America is going to be made great again. I mean, we're going to uh, we're going to build a wall. I'm, I'm living here in Southern California, so the deportation forces, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we're going to get rid of all the illegals. I don't know what my wife's going to do for a job since she's a public school teacher in, in, a, in a district that is probably going to be wiped out. But, but you know, it's going to be much easier to drive around Southern California. No, no, California. you guys are going to secede. Well, so, that's possible, but uh, I think now we're going to have to build the wall around California. But I'm just so excited. I'm so pumped to find out what the secret plan to defeat ISIS is. Uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to Hillary Clinton being put in jail, lock her up. Uh, I I want um, Obamacare repealed and replaced. Uh, I mean, there's going to be this the awesome. We're going to there's going to be so much winning, Leah. There's going to be so much winning. We're going to get sick of winning. We're going to be sick of winning. I'm ready I mean, to be sick of winning. I mean, that is good. How awesome is that going to be? I mean, Let so me I'm, I'm amazing. I'm, I'm, it's going to be beautiful. I'm a little confused as to why you're relieved and not excited. Why wouldn't you be excited? Well, because his presidency hasn't begun yet. I see. Okay. So in January, you'll be excited. Right now, you're relieved that you don't have to deal with. I'll be Hillary very Clinton. happy on January 20th. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, I, I'm excited. I, I mean, I, I am so pumped that, uh, that this happened. And I'm not being, I'm only being partially facetious. People, people probably, among, among the many things that are misunderstood about me, and I'm sure most of it's my own damn fault, I think people presume, correct me if I'm wrong, that because almost all media personality talk show hosts, what's, what have you, look at things through the prism of their own self-interest, that we all must do that. And that I must do the same. And I actually don't. I, I, for better or for worse, it's actually for worse, especially if you ask my wife. <laughs> I have this weird ability to take my self-interest out of any particular situation. And therefore, I do and say things all the time that I know are against my own self-interest. And so just because I predicted that Hillary would win and I have warned about a Trump presidency doesn't mean that I'm not rooting for him. It doesn't mean that I'm actually not excited about parts of what are likely to happen. Cause I actually think there's a very good chance. Some good things will come out of this. Oh, it, no. it, well, there's no question that there's the possibility that good things could come out of this. Right. Whereas had it been Hillary Clinton, Right. No good thing could possibly come out of it. That's true. Nothing. No, but and just to be and there's so much we have to get to in the next three hours. And I'm going to give you your full opportunity. In fact, you've asked to be able to read a statement. I've asked to make a statement. Yes. Well, you're, you're, you've asked to make a statement, uh, whether this is going to be called the, you know, make Johnny Crow statement, whatever it is. I don't know what's in the statement, but I'm happy to <laughs> let you uh, make the statement. So there's so much to get to. There's a but, big surprise for you in the statement. Oh, well, good. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> That's nice, Leah. But here, here's the thing. Here, here's the major disconnect between you and I over the last year plus. And it's really about the time continuum. It's really about at what period of time would a Hillary and or Trump presidency be good or a bad thing? 
That's exactly uh, what it's been about. No, and and you because and I'm not I'm not begrudging you this. Okay, you you look at you're looking at this much more short term. Oh yes. Than I have been looking at it because you believe. See, and we've often used the. I think we both kind of agree with the Titanic metaphor for where the country right. is. We've hit the right. iceberg. How long before we sink? And even though I'm a world-renowned pessimist, I actually am somewhat more optimistic about how much time we have left in comparison to you. So you, understandably, you want the boat saved now. Now. <laughs> now. Uh, right. And, and you want Herculean measures, and you're willing to sink the boat if they don't work because you know the boat's sinking anyway. Right? Well, I, mean, I know the pirates we, are ready to take it okay. over right. if we don't get it patched. Right. And, and that's a fair, that is a fair way to look at it. Now, maybe it's because I have a kid and I have another one on the way. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I talk him into having another kid? Right. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that's all your fault, Leah. But uh, now that Donald Trump is president, no, now it's go a, right ahead. Well, actually, I wish you had told me for sure that he was going to win. I would have rooted for having a boy because now it's actually potentially possible to have a white male See, make it in this country the world is instead now. of rooting for girls. But my point of this is, uh, and and I don't want to put a downer on everybody. I'm just going to mention this now. We, well, I'm sure we will have many opportunities in the future to discuss this in, in greater detail. But I still believe, Leah, whether it's two years from now, uh, four years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it is, we will rue the day that Donald Trump was elected president. I, I believe that with every fiber of my being. I don't know how. I don't know when. Uh, but well, we have one thing's for sure. The Democratic Party rules it right now, baby. <laughs> well, how, how did we feel? I mean, I don't, don't want to get too deeply into this, especially up against the break. But just to, to put a finer point on, on what I'm trying to say here. Remember when uh, the Russians lost in Afghanistan? Remember that? I mean, I don't know how much you were following, following news back then. but in, back in I the, wasn't paying attention. Okay, back, back in the 80s, we helped the Afghani rebels beat the Russians in Afghanistan, and it helped. That was Massoud and, and Right, all that right, stuff. exactly. And it, and it helped lead to the downfall of the Soviet Union. And that seemed like a fan-frickin-tastic series of events. Until 20 years later, when 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened directly because of that. So... Uh, you know, another an analogy, everyone was thrilled when we took Baghdad and the, the statue of Saddam Hussein came down. How'd that work out a few years later? The, the, the reality is that be careful what you wish for. And, and I'm, and I'm going to root for hard for him. And, and I think there's a very good chance that in the short run, there's going to be a lot to celebrate, but this is going to be a very, very long story. But when we come back, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We've got to, get to eating some crow and Leah has her statement. So stay tuned. That's coming up next on the John and Leah show. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Heard on 24 different radio stations across this 
formerly but soon-to-be great-again nation of ours, thanks to the election of Donald Trump. Yes, he's our hero. And uh, everything's going to be wonderful starting in uh, January. I'm thinking by February, driving around Los Angeles is going to be a piece of cake once the deportation forces uh, are um, made uh, make their presence felt in Southern California, and uh, life will be wonderful again. Uh, I was wrong, uh, dead wrong, about uh, who would win the election. I have an explanation for what actually did occur and why it's a little bit different than uh, public perception, not that I'll be able to change public perception. Leah was correct, uh, based on largely on a, uh, a very scientific poll of Armenian Uber drivers in the That's Glen- right, 14 the, out of 14. In San Fernando Valley during her trip to Southern California last week. Uh, she correctly predicted that Donald J. Trump would be the next president of the United States. And as part of your victory, uh, you, you have- Lap. <laughs> your victory lap, if you will, yes. You asked me today whether or not, uh, or actually told me, but okay, whatever. Yes. You told me you wanted to make a statement, so right. the floor is yours, Leah Brandon. Okay. Now, the reason why I want to make a statement is because I don't want to get sidetracked. So that's Fair the only enough. reason I wanted to write it down, uh, and I did it very hurriedly. I hope this makes sense. Here right. we go. Here we go. So... Facebook and Twitter want me to rake you over the coals for your relentless insistence that Trump could not win, could never win, and that we had nominated the only candidate who could not win. Obviously, that's not how it went down. As far as gloating, that's about the size of it. I know I'm going to disappoint a bunch of people who really wanted me to hand it to you, but it's just not my style. Hey, I'm making a statement. Give it to me. Come on. I can imagine that whenever you found out that our next president would be named Donald Trump, you beat the crap out of yourself for missing it. The left has been smug and arrogant and disgusting, while they, along with Barack Obama, their dear leaders, tried to tear down every principle that America was built on for almost a decade. I'm not going to be the same while we try to rebuild it. I know you know you were wrong. I'm not sure that you know why you were wrong, so that is my job here tonight to tell you. Maybe you have always been, and I'm just now noticing it, or maybe you have become this thing I'm going to call you between the time we worked at KFI and now. You, sir, John Ziegler, whether you realize it or not, are part of the elite. What I mean by that is economically. I've never known you to be really, really hurting financially, even though your employment history has been spotty at best. I know your dad's very successful in the financial business. Your in-laws, whom I do not know at all, look like the very definition of country club. (laughs) Now, I have been to your house... And while it's not palatial, it's very nice. And you have spun yourself a beautiful cocoon, which I really believe insulates you from the harsh realities of middle America. Oh, and you also own a castle in Ireland. Yes, it's in disrepair, but still. Now contrast that with someone like me. I've worked full-time in at least one job since I was 16, except for the month in 1994 when I moved to L.A. and the three weeks in 08 when I moved here. 
These Obama years have been hard. Everyone I know in my circle had their paychecks slashed or lost their job by 2010. There are no raises. I have 270,000 miles on my SUV. It gets 17 miles to the gallon, and it's paid off. There's no way I can afford a new car payment. My financial survival can rise and fall with the price of gasoline. Everything. I mean Everything is so much more expensive now, especially health care. Obamacare has sent our rates skyrocketing and my deductibles. When I went in for kidney stone surgery, they wanted a grand up front. How many people do you think living in Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin have that kind of money left? Most of America works two jobs just to make ends meet and is terrified. Terrified. There's more. But the music is coming. So I got to go. Well, you told me it was going to be two minutes. I gave you four. I'm long-winded. <laughs> All right, we'll continue with Leah Brandon's statement and my response when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. This is our big post-election edition of the John and Leah Show. So much to get to, so little time. So little time, in fact, that Leah Brandon... I ran out of time. ...ran out of time in the last segment with her... And it was just about to get good. Oh, wow. Okay, well, continuing now, for those who have just joined us, Leah Brandon told me she wanted to make a statement about why I blew the outcome of the election. Basically, so far, what I'm picking up is I'm too rich and out of touch. Leah Brandon is not rich, and she's in touch with Real America, so why don't you continue from there? Okay, let's just pick it up where we started with the health care issue. Here we go. Everything, and I mean everything, is so much more expensive now, especially health care. Obamacare has not only sent our rates skyrocketing, but our deductibles as well. I don't qualify for subsidies, so I pay $6,500 deductible. They wanted $1,000 up front at the window for kidney surgery. How many people do you think living in Michigan or, or Ohio or Wisconsin have that kind of money left in their bank account? Your wife has that wonderful teacher's union insurance, at least for now. If Trump just repeals the 30-hour work week and opens up competition across the state lines, it'll make a huge difference to people who need it. Most of America is working two jobs just to make ends meet and is scared. They're terrified. The economic insecurity overwhelmingly put Trump over the top. America used to be about building things, getting a good paycheck, being able to take care of your family and being protected from the bad guys. Hillary Clinton and her ilk refused to fight the bad guys, name the bad guys, and moreover, they want the bad guys to come here and let the taxpayers support our own destruction. Donald Trump was the only choice on this ballot that offered a return back to sanity. This election proves that America is still strong. America is fed up with PC pansies. America is sick of being told which gender gets to choose which bathroom. 
America is sick of not being able to wave the flag without being accused of offending someone, and we want to be able to pray before a football game at a Christian school. He's not perfect, but we don't care about what he said to Billy Bush. We were not duped. We were not stupid or racist or xenophobic. Do not accuse us of that because it's insulting. We only care about a future for our families. He's the only one that spoke to us and heard us and is offering a chance for it. Well, I think there's a lot of truth in what you just said about why it is that Donald Trump did well with a a rather small but significant slice of the population. I think that, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment, that you're overrating, as is the media, how much better Donald Trump did with that demographic than, for instance, Mitt Romney did or John McCain did, and they lost. Uh, Oh, he did better. Yeah, but not that much. It was only one state, which is very appropriate uh, for many, many conversations we've had about this state and and my experience over the last four years and and actually my reaction to your statement. It was only one state in which Donald Trump did significantly better, one state that mattered where he did significantly better than Mitt Romney. And that was the state of Pennsylvania, my home state. And to this issue of me being completely out of touch, Leah, what have I been spending most of my time doing for the last four plus years? What am I most, what's my most Penn of my state? Okay. And what do you think I've been doing investigating the so-called Penn state scandal? What do, what do you think I've been doing? You said that you knew no, no, I, we, I don't, we don't need to get into this. I'm talking about, I'll just answer the question. I don't know. Okay, here, here, yeah, exactly. You don't know. I have spent a ridiculous amount of time effectively tracking down white trash in rural Pennsylvania. I have been to white trash land in rural Pennsylvania six, seven times in the last four years. Talked to hundreds of the people that you're talking about. All right. The very people who came out in droves for Donald Trump, by the way, part of the reason I'm kicking myself for having blown this is not just that I grew up in Pennsylvania. I've spent a lot of time there in the last four years speaking to the very people who were the key voters. But as you well know, my one and only conversation I ever had with Donald Trump in early 2014, I now am positive was as a result of him understanding what it was going to take when he ran for president to win, which was he needed to win Pennsylvania. And I'm not just talking this out of my backside. Not only did he, all he ever talked about was because of the whole Joe Paterno issue, how Pennsylvania loves him and how wonderful he is and how much he, he's loved there. And everyone, you know, in retrospect, it was clear to me at that moment, he was already thinking about running for president. And by the way, I just learned this week that A couple months after I spoke with Donald Trump backstage at the Today Show about the state of Pennsylvania, he had a meeting with Rick Santorum, the former senator from the state of Pennsylvania, who wrote a book about the very thing you're talking about. Trump claimed to have read the book. Santorum didn't even believe him because, frankly, who believes Trump's read any books other than, of course, the Bible and two Corinthians? But that's another story for another day. The point here is that Trump targeted brilliantly Pennsylvania got the people you're talking about in Pennsylvania to show up in numbers I did not expect. I should have uh, because I was as in touch with that world as anybody in Southern California could possibly ever be. 
And well, his, look, and it, he also won Michigan. He won no, no, Wisconsin. But but he had but, but, 11 hold, or 8 hold, or 11 hold, points in Ohio. I mean, it wasn't, come no, on. Well, hold on. That's actually not accurate what you said about Ohio. Ohio but, but, eight uh, points. Uh, uh, I think it was it was. I think it was. Seven, he beat but, the crap. Okay. No, thank you, hold Governor Kasich. Do you do you want to you want to hear what actually happened or do you want to live do you want your No, narrative? I'm just correcting I mean, the record cuz you said only one state, but I'm just no, no, telling you no. that there was more you states look, that no. he won that no other Republican has won in Apparently quite you don't apparently you're having difficulty as a lot of Trump supporters do with the concept of math. And the and the math is that Trump got no more votes or barely any more votes than Mitt Romney did in Wisconsin or Michigan. The difference is they didn't turn out for Hillary Clinton in the numbers that anybody expected and the polls indicated and history indicated that they would. I'm giving Trump all the credit in the world for what he pulled off in Pennsylvania. Should have seen it. Didn't. Didn't believe it was going to happen. By the In Pennsylvania, for the record, Hillary actually did okay. Her numbers out of Philadelphia. By the way, what happened to the rigging? I, I, was, I was told there was going to be rigging in Pennsylvania, specifically in Philadelphia. There was no rigging. Uh, they didn't come up with the votes. They had come up with another uh, 60. Wait, who won Philadelphia? They, but it, all they needed was another 65,000 votes in Philadelphia, and Hillary wins Pennsylvania. Her numbers out of Philadelphia were eh. They were okay. They were good enough to win. By the way, she won the suburbs of Philadelphia, which is why I thought she was going to win Pennsylvania, because traditionally, up until this election— and this one-shot deal where Trump was able to get the people to whom you're about whom you're speaking out to the polls in amazing numbers for which he deserves a lot of credit. If you are a Democrat who wins the suburbs of Philadelphia, you win Pennsylvania. Hillary actually did that. She won Bucks County, which is where I grew up. It used to be you win Bucks County as a Democrat, you win. And but she didn't get huge numbers out of Philly, didn't get m- massive numbers out of Pittsburgh. And the rest of the state came out humongously. And that was the state that ended up being the difference. Trump deserves a lot of credit for seeing that. A lot of credit for pulling it off. No poll indicated that was going to happen. But that is different than what happened in Wisconsin and Michigan. In Wisconsin Wisconsin and Michigan, it was complete complacency on the part of the liberal base. They thought she had it in the bag. They don't like her. They didn't show up. And I actually believe that the second Comey letter ended up destroying Hillary in Wisconsin and Michigan because I think there were enough people who thought, oh, okay, the polls have turned around. This Comey thing's behind her. This thing's over with. Why do I need to bother voting for this crooked Hillary who I don't really like? Trump's not going to win anyway. There was not one poll, not even close to a poll in Wisconsin, having her losing. Michigan was very similar situation. That was all about Florida. Let's just. What about Florida? He won Florida. Yeah. And you know, did you compare his vote total to Marco Rubio's? I don't care. Well, well, no, you should care because it shows. I don't care. He won. Absolutely. Which there was no way he was going to win Florida. Florida was very iffy for me. Right. Because of all the stuff that happened, even though I put Florida in, Florida was my big worry. Okay. Look, uh, and I that was a large part of the reason why I had the percentages so high for Hillary to win because I thought, well, you know what? I can see I could totally see her win, uh, losing Ohio. I could totally see uh, her losing a, a couple of these other other states that were on the borderline that were coin, coin flips, North Carolina for one, but I thought, you know what? She can't 
lose if she wins Florida. And the, what people misunderstood there, misinterpreted, was the Latino vote. Guess what? Trump did a lot better with the Latino vote than people expected. And you know why? I believe it was because of Marco Rubio. I believe Marco Rubio, who outperformed Donald Trump in every possible way on Election Day, got far more votes, greater percentage, the whole business. I believe that that Trump effectively rode Rubio's coattails to winning Florida. So congratulations. Because of little Marco, Florida ends up going to Donald Trump. If little Marco's not on the ballot, I'm telling you, Trump loses Florida, and there's a very good chance history is very different. Now, now th- th- these are explanations. These are not excuses. I got it wrong, all right? But frankly, the percentage that I put on it, I stand mostly by. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. By the way, Leah, I thought your statement was really tremendous. And I think you hit on a lot of the reasons why Donald Trump won. I think, by the way, and you have no reason to know this, but your your assessment of me and my family economically is not accurate. Uh, For one thing, by the way, I have never owned... (laughs) A castle in Ireland. <laughs> my my family used to, uh, but that has been taken care of and actually caused an enormous amount of strife in my family. So that's actually something I don't. Oh, even, well, we haven't it, had that discussion. Right, right, you used I, to own a castle, right? Okay, so the fa- the family used to, but I wish we never had. Uh, but the point the point is, look, uh, and I I don't want this. It's not about me. This is, there are way more important things to talk about here. But just for the record, uh, I I have probably talked i i strongly believe that there are very few people who have ever had spent as much time with people of different economic backgrounds educational backgrounds racial backgrounds geographical backgrounds than i have in my life i've lived everywhere i have spoken to everybody i've had i have spoke i have had interesting relationships with billionaires and i have had enormous amounts of contact with people who are on welfare uh, and so, look, you can say a lot of things about me, <laughs> and a lot of them- You're were, in a cocoon. I, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I am not out of touch. I, I was wrong, but I it's not because I'm out of touch. In fact, in a weird way, I might have been too close to Pennsylvania to be able to see what was going on there with regard to Trump getting that vote out. Here's Here's my basic analogy for what transpired and why I got it wrong and most other people got it wrong. I said on Sunday that this was a 1-20 shot, right? A 5% chance for Trump. Now, if you had asked me on Monday afternoon, not, not that I get any credit for this at all, I probably would up that to about 1-10 because the stock market went bananas on Monday. And I thought, wait a minute, hold on. This is getting a real Brexit feel to it because people forget that what happened with Brexit was that those who thought there's no way that the United Kingdom is going to leave, figured, oh, in the last couple of days, 
that Stay finally went ahead in the polls. Rationality is going to win. They took a big, oh, thank God, that's not going to happen. And the stock markets all went bananas. And then Brexit happened because there was complacency on the side of stay because they thought it was in the bag because they thought, this no, we're not going to be this insane. And I started to think, wait a minute, this is feeling similar. Not that it changed my prediction, but I just thought, okay, my, my spidey senses started to tingle just a little. But I'm going to stick with the 5% thing. The 5% prediction was not that far off based upon the data. I know that sounds insane because Trump won and Trump will win fairly handily, from the Electoral College standpoint, although he's going to lose the popular vote. Imagine, by the way, (laughs) imagine the reverse, Leah, for a second. Can we imagine how the world would be right now if Donald Trump had won the popular vote and lost the Electoral College? Oh, my gosh. The Twitter storm would be never-ending. Well, but there wouldn't be movements to destroy and do away with the electoral college. Look, this is normal. The the Republicans, I can't imagine. Actually, it's not normal. This has never happened with this disparity. There's never been this disparity. What are you talking about? There's never, there's never been this much disparity between the popular vote and the electoral college vote, and it is an indication that eventually this country is going to split apart. But that's a separate story for another day. But the reality is that the guy who said the election was rigged, let's be clear, the guy who said the election was rigged got about at least a half million to a million, maybe more, votes less than his opponent and won. I I don't know what numbers you're looking at. It's Uh not that much, last I checked. check it. Please check it. Yeah, I will. Please check it. Please check it. it, Because it's all When it's all over... Uh, most experts believe that it will be at least a million and it might be more than that. But regardless, there's no question that the guy who lost the popular vote, <laughs> the guy who said things were all rigged against him, he got well, fewer the media votes. Was definitely rigged. No, the, the media took it easy on Donald Trump. They went after him all wrong, but that's another, we'll get to that later. But, but here's the thing the guy who said it was all rigged got fewer votes nationally, but won the Electoral College fairly handily. Now, why did he win the Electoral College fairly handily? As we discussed last week, he needed to effectively run the table, or I'm going to put it in different terms. He needed to win a ridiculous percentage of coin flip states. Now, you can argue how many states were really coin flip states, but I've, done, I've sat, down, sat down and did the math. I've spent a lot of time on this. Being very fair to Donald Trump, if you consider the concept of having to win, say, six out of eight coin flips and have six out of eight coin flips be heads, the chances of that happening in any given one series is 14%. And that's effectively what Trump had to do. Now, you could have, he, he could have won on some scenarios where he won five out of eight coin flips and he could have lost on some when he won six out of eight. So... Averaging it all together, from a statistician standpoint, for him to win all those close states like he did, it was basically, at best, a 14%, maybe 15% shot. So I was off. I was off with regard to the percentage of chance I gave Trump, and I take responsibility for that. But this was a fluke. Let me give you a better analogy that I think, I don't know if you're going to like, but I know that you will appreciate. Here's what happened here. All this election, most of the election is a card game, but on election day, it's like the last minute of a football game. 
And all of this election had put Hillary in position to kick a 32-yard field goal to win the game. Now, James Comey called a penalty in the last minute of the game to push her back to a 42-yard field goal, but a decent kicker under good conditions should make the damn 42-yard field goal and with the score tied, end up winning the game by three. So that's what Hillary had. She had a very makeable field goal on election day with a score tied. Well, let me take you back to a situation that I'm sure you recall and everyone there in Alabama recalls very well. Here's effectively what happened. Score tied, and Hillary gets on the field to kick a field goal. All she needs to do is win either Ohio, North Carolina, or Florida. It's basically over. And in 2013, you remember this? So the kick is up, and oh, there goes Ohio. There goes Florida. There goes North Carolina. But no worries. We're going to overtime. She'll win in overtime. Oh, wait a minute. There goes Wisconsin. There goes Michigan. There goes Pennsylvania. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back. He just made half our audience happy. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow! Oh my God! That is what happened to Hillary on Tuesday. She she tried a field goal to win the thing, and Trump ran it all the way back because they never thought about Wisconsin or Michigan, and they overestimated they overestimated how they were going to do in Pennsylvania. That is the best analogy I can come up with. Now I'm sorry I didn't predict that happening. But that's what occurred. Now, I, I wish, by the way, I wish I had gotten a chance to enjoy it like those announcers did. Because a lot of people I despise got the big F you in this whole thing. And we'll talk about some of those and all the implications of this enormous historic week on the John and Leah Show coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.